it's like when your dad looks at the face like my dad when he does facetime he's like hey kids how's it going everything's good huh yeah everything's great he doesn't know how to facetime <laughs> wait what is the intro music yeah Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I am Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for a lot of time and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. And this week, we get to thank Alob in person. A special thanks to our friend Alob for that music, the intro music. Thank you so much, Alob. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm happy that little snippet of music has had some purpose in its little life. <laughs> it's had a lot more purpose than just our podcast. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> what song is that from? It's from my album called No Match for Love. Uh, that song is called Strong God. I think I wrote that two years ago now. So, Alob, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, for those who don't know, other than you wrote the intro to our right. podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Who, who are you? Introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, my name is Andrew Lobacher. Uh Most people call me A-Lob. That was a, a nickname given to me in high school that just stuck forever. So you can call me A-Lob. Um, I travel and lead worship and speak full-time. So I'm based in Southern California. And this has been my full-time ministry the last three years. Uh, I, I've been traveling really the last five. Yeah, it's been really amazing to get to share the gospel through music and speaking and just encourage people all over to really having encounters with God. Do you live out of your suitcase more than you live out of your home? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, you're yeah. on the road quite a bit. When you say speaking, what's kind of your, your message or what's your audience? Is it mostly youth ministry programs or is it all sorts of things? What do you do? Yeah, it's been a, honestly a little bit of everything. I mean, a lot of more teen and young adult ministry. I'm doing a parish mission this week in Nebraska. Yeah, it's been pretty all over the place. It hasn't really been one specific, but I'd say generally more teen and youth orientated and mostly leading worship. I haven't had as many speaking uh, events, but I really enjoy doing both. I think they both have a way that you can really just have and foster an encounter for others. So cool. Where did you where did you get your start in ministry? Um, so I went to Franciscan and at Franciscan is where I really started to lead a lot of worship on campus. And then I got asked to play in the Bob Rice band. Nice. And um, so started playing studio conferences in 2013, uh, just playing electric guitar for Bob, you know, and that was kind of where it started. All of a sudden I just get a, started getting calls to go places. It was never anything I wanted to do. It was never anything I was looking into do. I just loved worship. Like my conversion when I was 18 was, pretty substantial and I just started leading worship at my parish you know 30 kids and then at mass and then at Franciscan was just really involved and so yeah I started playing those conferences started leading them in 2014 cool so with my band and so yeah now um my band probably does more I do more band you know events and leading worship in that capacity um yeah but it kind of just started at my youth group you know, God just kind of has taken me all over the place now, and it's been pretty, pretty wild journey. I laugh a lot, like during some of my travels, because I never would 
ever like if you told 18 year old Alob, I probably would have like cussed you out and then like flipped you off, you know, and then like peaced out. <laughs> what did you think when you're a sophomore at Franciscan University and you're like two more years and then I'm going to be a something? What was it when you were halfway through? Yeah, I was studying theology and philosophy, so I actually transferred in. Uh, I did music theory the first two years and then transferred to Franciscan as a junior. And I just, I thought I was going to be in youth ministry in some capacity. And that's really what I did right after. I worked at a high school for two years doing campus ministry and on the side was traveling leading worship. So once the worship stuff was just getting so busy, I was, you know, working 40 hours a week at the school and then I'd fly out Friday, fly home Sunday, do these back to back retreats. It was just way too much. And yeah, I just felt God calling me to take the sleep to go full time. It's been amazing. I mean, it's been really difficult. Uh, it's not as glamorous as Instagram and Facebook make it seem. Uh, I think that God gives you the grace to run the race that you've been given. And I really, yeah, it just happened organically, very naturally. Um, and there really hasn't been one month where I like haven't been able to eat or, you know, have some more sleep. Like God has literally provided for all my needs. Awesome. So it's been pretty cool. So for me as a, as a director of youth ministry, I know that sometimes personally and the teens that I journey with, we go out to a youth conference or something like that. And we see these people up on stage holding guitars. They've got, yeah. the, you know, lights and smoke effects behind them yeah. and all sorts of neat things. Tell us a situation where it just kind of bombed, where it just didn't go well. Do you have, I mean, I'm sure you have stories like that. What, what's the worst moment mm. that you had where you were just like, oh no. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I mean, those happen probably like every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's so many retreats that I've been on and gone to of like, just, I mean, I'm, I'm either playing or, you know, something goes wrong instrumentally, or I say something like really dumb or, you know, like, I mean, I've had, we've had stuff like while playing at student conference where um, our drummer who was like running, you know, our in-ear monitors, like, everything just shut down like it was the countdown three two one and then like all of our, like his computer like crashed so yeah there's like funny stuff like that there's um also things that while you're doing it you're like why am i here lord you know mm. like sure. um there's probably more little little stories that i can't think of specifically but there's a couple times where yeah things just go wrong you know like pretty regularly you know yeah. Chris, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see Alob live, um, but he really is gifted. He's a gifted worship leader. I don't like. I I, I don't know if I've told you this, Alob, but I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily my reversion or just one of the, one of the biggest conversion moments in my life happened a year after I had started a blaze, and it was at the John mm-hmm. Bosco conference when Jim nice. Beckman was there, and he had you nice. come over to the youth track and you led worship for the youth track leaders. Do you remember that? It was it was it, it was a long time ago. You don't remember it, and that's perfectly fine that you don't remember it. It, it was it a big wasn't about you. life, Matt. He doesn't it. remember it. It wasn't about you, and, and it Jim never is. There. When when I watch you lead worship, it's never about you. It's always about yeah. the Holy Spirit, and it's about what Jesus yeah. wants to do. And I love that. I love that about you. Yeah, and that's my prayer, man. Because I've I've seen in this culture we've created of Catholic speakers and worship leaders that. It's very much become this thing that is like elevated above what I really believe it's intended to be. I mean, we're called to be servants, yep. right? It's Not like superstars, Jesus. so to speak. Yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't like the Catholic celebrity thing. Um, I deleted my social media two years ago because one, I think 
it was just affecting me personally. Like, you know, always having to take videos of who the crowds you're in front of people following you. And it's like, honestly, and I don't think this is too spiritual or I don't think I'm playing just some holy card or something, but I think that if kids, cause we're on our phone an absurd amount of time, right? I really believe that you watching a lob like on a plane, cause this was my week, right? It's like, I'm on planes, I'm in airports, I'm in front of people, I'm in hotel rooms. And I think if like you, you using those five minutes to 10 minutes a day of following me where I was going, I'm really convicted that if you used that five to 10 minutes with God, you would reap so much more fruit in your life than being encouraged by anything I'm going to do. Because then we place our value on our visibility. Hmm. If your value is determined by how visible you are in ministry or in your job or, you know, at school, that, that creates your dignity. And it's like, we're, I don't know. I, I'm having a really hard time justifying um, kind of what it's doing to our Catholic culture. It's like, I, I don't think everyone should be speakers and worship leaders. You know, it's like, we need people who are consistently with people. I think yep. what I do is probably least of the least valuable, really. Like people that are consistent with teens, with young adults at a church. I mean, that's just a non-negotiable, you know? So, um, yeah, I try and not make it about me. And I was like, really, the media was making me really narcissistic and really concerned with me every day. I mean, we love us. We have a whole mm. page dedicated so people can see us you know it's a little weird yeah. <laughs> when you think about it yeah so all right so y y if you're in a room of 100 ministry leaders from rcia coordinators yeah. to catechists to volunteer youth ministers what is to it music ministers music ministers yeah. yeah you know what is it that you want these ministry leaders to to know what would you what would alob want to say to them yeah, I feel like really strongly it's three words. I had to count them. I would start out with telling them that there is more. Like there is there's more depth, there's more power, more Holy Spirit available for us in ministry that I think we've made it we've made evangelization really difficult. I've found in my personal journey with God that the more I allow him to work through me, the less I need the proper argumentation and the less I need proper programming, you know, it's, it's like when I actually allow the Holy Spirit to do his thing through me through love, right? All bound in love, but you know, the gifts, but even the fruits, like, I think we would see churches radically transformed. Um, if people knew that there, there's more, there's more depth, there's more intimacy, there's more power in the kingdom. You know, I just feel like we really have forgotten the key mover in this whole evangelization thing, which is the Holy Spirit. It's like, our arguments are great. I'm an apologetics nerd. I watch way too many debates. I should pray more, okay? But like, <laughs> I really believe we need good arguments. We need good theology and, and programs are great. They're not bad. But when they're void of power, like Jesus talks about in the scripture, right? It's like religion void of power. And I really think every city, every state I've been in, I'm just concerned that my church is void of power right now mm. and is void is void of power evangelization, you know, and that you don't need to be a speaker or a worship leader to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know? And I think walking in the power of the Holy Spirit is messy and performing yeah. is polished. And there's, there's kind of this reality that we want to have these polished programs for people right. to come to so it looks good. 
But like discipleship right. is messy. Pentecost, they were accused of drinking too much new wine right off the bat. Like, right. And then they started getting martyred, you know, so it's like it is right. messy. So what does it mean to be messy and be comfortable in that, right. that, that, that chaos? Yeah, I think that's really well. I was just talking to these kids in Connecticut yesterday or whatever, and I was sharing like, do we realize that when people accuse the disciples of being drunk, do you know what like drunk people do? You know, and the kids are all obviously like, no, but I'm like, you've seen drunk people before kids, you know, you little pagans and uh, (laughs) like, they're crazy. They're laughing. They're crying. They're falling over. They're doing crazy stuff. Like the whole, when the Holy Spirit shows up, it's not always this beautiful, pious, you know, like Gregorian chant moment. You know what I mean? Like I I love Gregorian chant. I I love, I, I love all different genres of music in the church. Um, I love all of our beautiful traditions, but if we begin to love, uh, here's what I'm kind of seeing is we're loving, we're loving our programs more than we're loving Jesus, Mm. you know, and we're loving our, our fish fries and our bingo nights more than we're actually loving the presence of God. And I'm, I'm just kind of on the, I'm just convicted, you know, I don't think you need to become a quote charismatic, you know, you just need to start asking for more of the Holy spirit to move in your life. And I really believe he will answer that. You know, how, how do you invite the Holy spirit into your life? Alab? Um, so at Franciscan, I really did encounter like the power, like the, the dynamis, right. The dynamite of, of the Holy spirit that, um, Jesus promised us the promise of the father, right. That we'd be clothed with power from on high. John the Baptist said, I came and baptized with water. The one after me will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm-hmm. And I really experienced that baptism, that immersion. That's really all that means, like really being immersed in the Holy Spirit at Franciscan, just in worship and prayer. And I really believe that moment um, allowed me to experience the joy of the gospel in a new way. Like I got drunk, like on the Holy Spirit, like I was giggling it was, it was a one-time thing that was pretty extreme. You know, like I, I, I didn't know what tongues were. This priest prayed over me and we were just worshiping. I went down, came back up and all of a sudden I was praying in these crazy tongues and this woman's knee, she had a torn ACL, MCL in her knee. And the priest was like, pray over her knee. And I was like, what does that even mean? You know, like, okay. And just put my hand there. And he's like, in Jesus name, you know, Lord heal this, heal this knee and this woman's knee, like got healed. She was jumping up and down, no pain. And, so that's when all of, uh, all of a sudden it really hit me like, whoa, there's more mm. than me simply. There's more than me simply just trying to be a good person, do a holy hour and 19 novenas every day. Yeah, There's actually a life in the spirit that can allow us to be fully us, but actually fully activated as Christians. So for me, yeah, I try and pray. I mean, I've been, I'm in Exodus 90 right now. I don't know if mm. you guys know what that is. Yeah. So I'm on day, oh yeah, Matt and I are talking about, I'm on day like 70, whatever, something like that. So that's really instilled in me like consistency in my prayer life. Um, But yeah, I try and pray in the spirit pretty regularly and I try and step out. Like you don't know if your parachute works unless you jump. So I try and step out when I'm praying with people to really allow the Holy Spirit to move. And so yeah, I listen to praise and worship. I mean, I try to attend daily mass. That's kind of hard on the road. Um, weekly confession. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's not like, yeah, I just go, like, all I do is just, like, <laughs> go to praise and worship events all day. You know what I mean? Like, Padre Pio was a contemplative, right? And he operated in a whole bunch of gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I don't think we can associate and just confine 
the Holy Spirit to just these weird charismatics. And then if you're traditional Catholic or if these programs are this, I don't know. I just feel like we're putting God in a box in a lot of different ways, yep. you know? And, yeah, there, and my, there seems to be, yeah, you're touching on it. There seems to be some different camps in the church. Yes. You know, and there's those who are going to be more traditional and those who, you know, are more guitars and, and, and things like right. I know the Holy Spirit asks permission all the time because our God is a gentleman. Right. Uh, right. But I don't think there's areas where the Holy Spirit doesn't desire to be invited. And I believe that the Holy Spirit works and operates in a variety of ways because there's right. 7 billion people and the Holy Spirit wants right. to be alive in the hearts of each and every single one of those in a way that's personal, in a way that's yeah. real, in a way that's accessible and relevant to each of those people in their situation. Right. And so I, I hear what you're saying when all of a sudden we're saying, uh, you didn't genuflex deep, deep enough or that homily wasn't uh, engaging enough. And, and all of a sudden we become right. these critical people when we're seeking that the program is perfection instead of it created a platform for God who is perfect to come. Right. I mean, clearly, it, or, I mean, what is the latest Pew research, right? It's like 80% of, of people from the ages of 23 to 30 are leaving the church. I mean, I think that's what I read last and i mean there's a mass exodus in our in our church there's clearly outside of the you know abuse and everything the scandal which i know a lot of people are leaving because of that but outside of that i think a lot of our parish models are failing i mean mm -hmm. people like young people aren't going and checking the bulletin and seeing what's going on that week you know what i mean yep um and, and i really believe what's going to bring people back is the supernatural and it has nothing to do with your preference in prayer yep. it has everything to do with how god designed us to operate in the kingdom like this isn't i'm not talking like you can go to La i love latin mass go to latin mass you can go to your 530 life team mass go to your 530 life team mass but if you begin to, to love liturgy and programs more than you love god i think we're missing it you know yeah. and if we can't love people outside of those four walls i mean jesus didn't spend that much time in the temple mm. right he spent a lot of time out on the streets and i'm like what ministries are we doing that are literally outside of the four walls? Yeah. And I think it's just good to ask these questions. I'm not mad at people. I'm not, I'm not saying that like I'm, I'm better or what you're doing is horrible. It's just like, okay, let's, let's put our, our, you know, let's put our minds together here and, and try and really find the best way to bring people to Jesus. And the way I see Jesus doing it is in the power of the Holy spirit, right? It's disciples. Here's the kind of phrase I've kind of had. It's discipleship empowered. Explain. Like Jesus obviously discipled his disciples. They belonged before they believed, right? They were obviously in a, in a journey with Jesus. But I mean, he was exercising a lot of power of what happened at his baptism, right? Yep. It wasn't just talk. 1 Corinthians 4 says the gospel is not in talk, but in power. St. Paul even said, I did not come to you with persuasive words of wisdom that your faith might rest upon a human wisdom. Um, but that your faith might rest upon the power of God. So St. Paul is even very clear, like he didn't come to just persuade us with words, but demonstrate that the kingdom's here. So I think discipleship and power is, um, yeah, radically, radically loving people like Jesus did. And Jesus entered into a lot of healing and deliverance ministry yep. and prophetic words, the woman at the well. Um, I mean, you name it, Jesus was operating in them. So I'm just like, man, discipleship and power in a parish, 
I think teens would want to go to see that. Yeah. You know, you said a phrase earlier that I, I, I want to bring back to this because I think it connects. You said step out. You know, people need to step out. Right. Um, and that's uh, to finish that step out of your comfort zone, step out and do something that requires the Holy Spirit. Because if you're right. only doing things that, that a human can do, then God doesn't need to move. Right. Right. He, you can do it. You don't, he doesn't, yep. you know, and so you need to step out and do things that only God could do. And you take that, you know, discipleship and power and you combine the two. So discipleship, you are walking one-on-one with someone, helping them and yourself walk closer and closer to Jesus and get to know him more and more. Right. So yep. you're, you're going to do that. So discipleship in power and step out. So that means you're, you're actually that person that you're discipling. You're going to go out and do something. Um, right. with that person and going out to a public area looking for someone that maybe need prayer. Um, different things yeah. like that. Stepping out of your comfort zone, requiring, depending on the Holy Spirit while you are discipling this person. Is that a decent, you know? Yeah, and I'm and I'm thinking too, like I don't, I think when sometimes you speak like this, I think the fear is like, or the or the first thought is like, okay, like I don't even know like how to pray. Mm. Oh, I don't know how to pray with people. Like, how do I even start that? I don't know anything about the gifts. I don't know anything about the fruits. How are we just supposed to do that? You know? And I think like, this isn't just saying you're supposed to just like literally pray over everything that moves and just prophesy over everybody and like pray over everybody for everything. But, um, I think there's something really cool about being able to go out to a restaurant and have a meal with someone. And then if you pray with them after or go and see a game or go to a movie, I mean, Real normal. I'm talking like normal, bringing Jesus into just the normal day-to-day stuff. I, was, I mean, my waitress the other night, I was at my hotel, just sitting by myself, eating my food, you know, and my waitress came up and uh, we just kind of started talking and I just started kind of sharing about why I was there. I was leading a retreat, you know, and I was just kind of asking her, you know, what is your, uh, like, what are your dreams? Like, what would you love to do? You know, she's just waiting tables and I was like, you got to have some dreams, something you'd love to do. And she was uh, sharing, she wants to go into media, you know, and I just felt the Holy Spirit like really present to just like share with her that, you know, God's plan actually is better than ours. And if you let him be part of your dream, uh, he might bring it to a whole nother level, you know, and we, I just got to pray with her. I gave her this little cross that I had at the end. And it was just a normal conversation. She was so moved by it. I didn't get any crazy prophetic word. I didn't, she wasn't sick. You know, there wasn't any physical, you know, signs and wonders, but I think just bringing in the Holy spirit to that conversation shifted. Like there was a legit shift in her demeanor, which I'm like, man, you could, I mean, I could have just not said anything, you know, which I have. Done. You could have gone through the routine. Um, right. And which not, I, not which sought I for do. more. Yeah. Right. Which well, I no, do. you could have, you could have said, God bless you and knew that you, preach the gospel without using words you were really right nice. right <laughs> was saint francis never said yeah. indeed yeah so that's my thing i think we need to really back up what we're saying and what we're preaching with also with how how we're living right it's the both and i i really think we're living in a time that talking is just not enough anymore you know yeah. i mean we really have to back it up with lifestyle but also with power yep. people are going to tarot card readers and psychics and I was just talking to Jackie. They're talking about in Syracuse is like the new Mecca for all of this kind of new age energy stuff. And I mean, we're in our own little Catholic bubbles 
But I have, and you guys probably have too, but I mean, I hear the craziest stuff on the road. That is so contrary. I mean, I've literally met a dude that told me he, he's called his, he called himself a spiritual Jew and he's been in four different dimensions. And I'm like, bro, that's cool. I've only been in this one, but like, that's cool. You're in four different dimensions. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we have to be able to demonstrate the reality of Jesus more than just sharing Jesus loves you. Yeah. Jesus even said, if you don't believe me because of my words, believe me because of my works. I mean, Jesus put a lot of emphasis on his demonstration of the kingdom. And our programs and our ministries exist at the service of the gospel, not the other right. way around. And sometimes I feel right. like sometimes our programs are there so that they can go ahead and prepare people for the gospel. But the gospel is really what should prepare people for our programs. And we should be complimenting the work right. that we're confident that God is already doing in their lives, even if it's a quiet whisper or a quiet hunger that they mm. will have filled when they come and encounter us. Um, right. Because encountering us, they should encounter God. And so that, that creates a boldness that also creates a litmus test. How can I go ahead and discern where my program is at in regards to the, the message of the gospel, in regards to the writings right. of St. Paul, in regards to the Acts of the Apostles? Yeah, I agree. I, I think there really, I think there, yeah, there really just needs to be a renewal, a renewed encounter with Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church that I think is happening. I really do think it is. And I believe that when that happens, these programs that we have and these youth ministries are going to be just like re-energized, you know, like re-renewed, strengthened. And yeah, it's just going to be with people like you and me just stepping out in little ways every day, you know? Yep. I get overwhelmed at how much work needs to be done. I mean, I'm yeah. in California. Like, it's weird to be Catholic. It's weird to be Catholic anywhere, okay? But I feel like in Texas, there's actually a, just a spirit of faith I just, I don't know, there's just real powerful faith in Texas. I feel like every time I fly back to California, I've, I feel the relativ relativism. Like mm, it's, tan it's, it's tangible. Uh -huh. Like my friends know what I do. They've, you know, when they were following me on social media and I was doing all these shows and worship nights and blah, blah. It's like, bro, you're like, you're like a pastor now or something, huh? And I was like, I'm actually Catholic. So like, we don't. You know, I'm not a pastor, you know, kind of thing. But they're like, oh, cool, bro. That's like so cool, man. And then I'd be like, so what do you think about Jesus? You know, because it was just so relative. Just oh, that's cool, bro. You do you, man. But honestly, when I would have conversations and get into it and, and like, I don't know, that just that that next step where, where you don't want to ask that question, you know, where you, you feel that tension or that fear of what they're going to think about me. I feel like that's where we need to be in that tension, right? Kind of like what you were saying, Matt, like we have to step out in order to see God move. Yep. And it's that when you're taking that risk, you know, of, oh, this one question, if I take this one step further, this yep. might make them mad or this might whatever. And right. that's where that's where you need the Holy Spirit and that's where you need to lean in a little bit. And my thing too is like, man, we got to start praying bigger. Mm. Like, if, you know, Ephesians, right? St. Paul, I think it's St. Paul is like, you know, God wants to do more than we can ever ask or imagine. I like, I don't, I just don't think as Catholics, we're praying big enough prayers. Like God move in this person's life radically, Lord, they need a job. Father in Jesus name, you said, right. If two or three come in agreement upon anything in my name, I'll grant it to them. I mean, I'm reading in John 14, abiding in him. If you abide in me, you ask anything of the father and I will give it to you. I mean, there's so much of this 
overflow of relationship, which will lead to real answered prayers. And I'm like, yo, people, let's start praying bigger things. Let's pray for that job. Let's pray for that sickness to be healed. Let's pray for that kid that has left the church to come back. Because there's nothing you can pray that's too big. Yep. I mean, he's God. There's something you just said that made me, made me laugh. Like, I can do <laughs> greater things than you can even imagine. Most churches, you walk in and you look at them like, I can imagine this. This is not of God, you know? (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) this isn't big enough for this to be of God, you know? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think it's just, yeah, I want want to see people pray pray prayers that, yeah, requires a greater release of faith, right? Yep. Um, So, yeah. Cool. Well, we got just a couple minutes left. Um, What were you going to say, Chris? I was going to say that that our programs should be at the service of the neighborhoods. If this doesn't yes. get li- lived out in the world, right? If, if we're not able to go to the ends of the earth, we have to go to the ends of our street or the ends of our driveway first, you know? Yes. And, uh, and that's where I hear this because that's where boldness happens. That's where ownership of the faith happens. That's also yes. where persecution starts. And that yes. helps, that helps strengthen us because we rely on the Holy Spirit because we're weak when we're persecuted and we, re- we have to have God present there. So I want to encourage yep. our listeners to go ahead and take what, what Alab is saying and push it, not so much into your programs, but push your programs to push it into the neighborhoods and into the communities, into your conversations with waitresses and uh, people you're sharing uh, sharing an airline or a classroom with, you know? Yeah, and it's also like the most difficult to share within your own your own little world, right? Like, you don't need to be an evangelist to be an evangelist. Mm. Like, you have been baptized, you're, you're in. Whether or not you, you find your office in teaching or apostle or prophet or, or yeah, you know, whatever you find, get the gifts you're operating. I mean, dude, there's gifts of administration and hospitality. I mean, read through 1 Corinthians 12, people. Like, we need people to read this part of the scripture because when you operate in, in the gifting that God has given you, you're going to see greater fruit. And so I think in your programs and your ministries, start looking, start looking through the scriptures. You're going to see all of this stuff. Like, there is more. And when you begin to operate in the more, you're going to see more fruit, right? We're called to bear fruit. If not, we're going to get burned up. That sounds like a horrible experience, but Jesus is the one that said it. So, Yep. All right, Alob, I know you're not on social media much anymore. You've got, thank you, yeah. have someone doing it for you. If, they want, if people want to find you, if our listeners want to find you, where do they go? Yeah, I don't have any social media. I, I uh, only have a website. So if you go to Alob Music. You can check out some of my music. Uh, really, if you go to any social or uh, what is it uh, like Spotify, iTunes, just plug in Alob A L O B. You can find my music there. And I want you to follow Jesus and not me. So click follow in your Bible and follow <laughs> Jesus because he was the OG. He said, "Follow me first before anyone else did." <laughs> yeah, I like it. I love it. Alob. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Listeners, you guys can uh, write us review wherever you listen to the podcast. Share it with someone. Share this um, Share this message and then uh, just pray a simple prayer. Come Holy Spirit. I think that, yes. that'll summarize Amen. the boldness that uh, Alab desires us to encounter and see what happens. Um, and here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Come Holy Spirit and take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.
Nice. That was awesome. Sometimes I, once I start talking, I realize I talk too fast and then I, I don't follow train of, my train of thought very well. So it's good for me to, uh, this, like this stuff is helpful.